AD. Yo, I had swallowed. <laughs> it's lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by betonline.ag on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. Um, we promised you we're going we're going to get back to the draft stuff. We still got a couple of more coaches uh, that we that we want to talk to uh, down the line, but we're going to take a little bit of a break from that this week as well. Uh, so that that's two weeks in a row. But uh, here's what's coming up. Uh, make sure you you reach out to us on social media at our Haylock on Twitter. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore, and then on the old Instagram at uh, Watch Ray Ray, and he's at Bump and Run. Uh, Roger Goodell listened to our pod last week and ha- wait, that's that's not what happened. He didn't. Well, regardless of the fact, Roger <laughs> Roger Goodell uh, did a little bit of a 180, as did Drew Brees. We'll talk about that. Um, and George Kittle uh, headlines a trio of 49ers that were named to the top 50 players. Uh, heading into the 2020 season by PFF. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Um, but first, Ed, uh, busy week. Obviously, we 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 had a very uh, very impactful show last week and a very impassioned show, uh, if you will. Um, we both you know had a lot of things to kind of get off our chest and uh, appreciate the the reception from from you know our, our our loyal listeners out there that that came back with some very very uh, interesting feedback. Um, yeah, you know, saying that they were enlightening and we opened some eyes and and that they just enjoyed the conversation. And, and believe me, that, that it's a conversation that needs to be had continuously as as we continue to try to uh, make change. The NFL has changed its stance. Um, with all that's going on now with, uh, you know, p- police uh, brutality and, and racial injustice, players are, are are saying they're probably going to get back to protesting. And the NFL was totally against it uh, back when it originally started. Roger Goodell made an, an announcement right after our pod, uh, coincidentally saying that um, the NFL supports the right to protest. Uh, by these players what, what did you make of the commissioner um and, and his change of tone uh that it's what the league does it's reactionary always has been um especially in the social media age uh, the nfl is always going to um listen to the pulse of what they think is the um deciding majority and they follow it it's what they do it's what they did so Roger Goodell, first thing I understand with Roger Goodell. Roger, um, there's always confusion and contradiction with Roger and the way he handles um, polarizing events. Reason being, Roger's not getting, because all all um, all the heat comes at Roger. But remember, Roger's just speaking. He's a figurehead. Yes, he's he's so everyone's like Roger Goodell is this and Roger Goodell is that. He works for the owners. People forget. Yes, Roger. Roger is not speaking for Roger. Roger gets paid forty seven million dollars a year to take bullets for for the owners. And for forty seven million dollars. I mean, that's what he's he's got to. He's supposed to. And that's why he does it. So you can hate him. You can agree with him. But his his decisions. Oh, well, his his statements are going to be based on what that thirty two. In the boys club, the 32 owners, what they have decided, the majority of those guys have decided for him to come out and say, these aren't his words. These aren't his feelings. These aren't these aren't um, his emotions. This is based on my bosses. My bosses say this is how we're going to deal. And before his bosses were looking at the majority, the majority of everyone was saying what Cap was doing was wrong. And the sponsors were 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 affected. So these guys are like, wait a minute, you're messing with my money. Roger, tell everybody we have nothing to do with this. We we disown anyone who's taken a knee, anyone who has anything to do with this. Now this time, the sponsors are saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, I saw that video. That's that's not right. Yeah, we gotta get behind this. The majority is saying, yeah, we gotta get behind this. So Roger is now going to step out and say, uh, guys, it's all cool <laughs> because because the 32 owners are reacting to the deciding majority. Right now, they're saying 
this is not right. We got to get behind it. So the owners are going to say, this is what we have to do because we got to follow the money. That's that's how that's what happens up there, man. So it doesn't shock me. Um, everybody saw what was going on before. Everyone knew what was going on. The entire discussion was, why are you trying to change the narrative? Why are you trying to um, why why are you trying to make this seem as if it is about the um, the, um, the national anthem yeah, as opposed the to the issues? They saw it then. They see it now. They knew it then. Um, they speak on it now, uh, and, it, and it's simply what I said. It's based on where the it's based on where the majority and the dollars lean. Um, that's that's what it is. Yeah, cap keeps coming up in all of this, um, and, and we're going to touch on him in a sec. But I, I think the about face that we saw with Goodell in the NFL, what we saw with Breeze, also. Um, who I, I I don't I know if you you have something to add on on him. Um, but you know we can get to him in well, a second. We'll get, we'll get yeah, to that. We'll get to oh, him. You, you know what? Let me say one more thing too before you jump on yours. One more thing about um the owners and Goodell and all these things that happen. I also I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that also they saw the video. They saw what was going on. By they, I mean the ownership the 32 ownership groups roger himself they they all saw what happened they saw and it made them pause and say you know what maybe these maybe we were um stifling these guys voice maybe something does need does need to be said and maybe we can be a part of um uh saying helping say something and, and helping make change because like i said um power power and money that's what changes policy. We all know that these guys um, before had decision makers at the highest levels on their side. So let's see if it happens again. So maybe they just they actually saw it and it it changed their hearts. Yeah, I, to me, I, I I think it just speaks to the exposure of it, right? And mm-hmm. and now we're in a situation where. We're we're almost forced to watch. We can't help but not to see what's going on 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 the TV because everybody wants to see what the latest COVID update is, right? And and this yeah. thing kind of took over COVID. COVID actually took a back seat, and sure and, and, and we're in a situation where you know people are still quarantined and still at home. States are starting to open up slowly but surely, but no one's really at a full go. So you know. And as we as we talked about last week, you know, people who normally wouldn't see this are now seeing it and they're now paying attention. And because uh, this isn't the first time. Right. And it, it, we, we've seen instances like this before. And that was, you know, it actually it, it spoke to what, you know, wh- why Cap decided that he wanted to do this in the first place. So obviously he already had something to draw from when he decided to make his decision. And, and now, you know, more people are starting to see this now. And, and, and as a as a matter of that, I think that's why we're seeing this um, kind of take on a, a whole different life. I mean, protests have been going on for over two weeks now. Like it's it's tremendous, right? I mean, people aren't at work, they aren't at school. So, you know, they see it, they feel passionately enough about it. They want to fight for the cause. Um people are, are allowing their voices to be heard. Um people are, are seeing it and and shocked um, you know, for whatever reason, because they just have not been exposed to it before. People who were exposed to it before, for whatever reason, um, and similar is the case with myself, it hit a little bit different this time. Um, and, and so because I, I think a lot of those factors, I think that's why you see um, kind of the change in the stance from the NFL. Um, you see the change in the stance um, from from a, from a Drew Brees because uh, uh, simply, well, actually, I'll take that back about Breeze. I think Breeze is a total is a totally different issue. But when when it comes to the NFL, um, I think just the exposure of it and, and people, more and more people are becoming more and more conscious. And as you mentioned it, you know, the, the, the companies, the sponsors, you know, people have gotten behind this. You know, how many how many how many companies have put out statements saying, you know, we are for this. We stand with Black Lives Matters, this, that or the other. Right. We, we've we've 
hardly ever seen this before, right? So there, there's a change in heart from from them as well, and so I, I think that speaks to um, the overwhelming um, the overwhelming pulse that 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 this entire thing ha- has kind of taken on, and and we see that, and and, and credit to you know could to Goodell and the owners, and, and obviously I'm I'm with you. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and by giving them the benefit of the doubt, they had the opportunity to say, you know what, we got it wrong last time. Let's do it. Uh, right this time and so because of that um I I think that's great but also I want to say kudos to the players as well um because they they have continued to kind of push this thing and and continue to step up and guys that may have been silent on this before um you know you saw a lot of different guys you know in in that video that that was put out and and whether it was a collab with the league or whatnot what have you um it's different than than what you've seen in the past I know um for me especially it seems like you were kind of always seeing the same guys right it, 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 was, it was a reed it was a, it was a malcolm jenkins um you know it was, it was a, a steals it was kind of the same guys kind of you know leading the charge this time you got different guys but not just different guys but um you know higher profile guys in the league you know pat mahomes and you know your mvp was in that video and, and so I, I think that was I think that was huge um, just for the league in general, just for the players in general. And I think, you know, they actually put their foot down this time saying, you know what, we're going to take a stance regardless, you know, what you say or not. And, and NFL, of course, got behind it. Um, Bree- well, they had no choice. Yeah. And you said it. They had no choice. When when the absolute star of your league, the one that you named the MVP, the one that you said is the most important uh, person in your league, says that – uh, we need to pay attention to this. You have no choice because he's going to be asked about it. And then you're going to be asked, why are you not supporting him if, if you don't? Yeah. So, so, so that, that right there in itself was huge. And um, not trying to put any pressure on anyone before, because you just said it, they, they saw it now and maybe they didn't see it before. Yeah. Give you the benefit of the doubt. Everyone doesn't um, walk through life and, um, seeing the same things and experiencing the same things that you and I experience. Um, uh, but, uh, if you had had some MVPs of the league speak out before quarterback MVPs, might be um, a little different. it may have been a little different. Yeah. The, the entire kneeling stance and, and the, then the stance and the position that the league had taken, um, that, that definitely made it with Patrick Mahomes stepping up and putting his face to it and saying, this is how I feel. And I and I don't mind discussing it because that's what happens when you put your face there. You're saying, you know, like, OK, now, like I, I said it um, and I, I so I must have meant it or, or you can ask me about it. The league had no choice and, and, and possibly could have been a little different if some other MVPs that stepped up. So we'll see now. I've seen, you know, you've seen one guy say, let me change my mind. Future Hall of Famer, like, OK, I got this wrong after he stepped in it, but. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. So, you made a good point about uh, Goodell pretty much being a, a a type of armor for for the uh, for the owners, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so he can't do anything without receiving some criticism. So obviously, the huge criticism now is, well, you make this stance now, you do this big about face, but Ka- Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. Um, are the are these warranted? Uh, criticisms of Goodell during this time, in your opinion? Uh, well, again, it's well, well, yeah, because to say we got it wrong, we got it wrong, um, is also saying that we got cap situation wrong because we all know the reason why Colin was not um, given an opportunity to compete for a job. We know that. Everyone wanted to talk about it was talented and everyone and that and that, the way they flipped the narrative and all of these type things. And he's not good enough to play. And that's why meritocracy in the league and all these things were like, guys, stop it. You know why he's not playing. You got that wrong. So if you're going to say that you got the kneeling stance, uh, your stance on the kneeling and the anthem wrong, you have to. You have to, in the same breath, say that we were wrong about Colin Kaepernick. Because your handling of Colin Kaepernick is the reason why everyone was kneeling. While he 
why the other players were kneeling, why you were, why you had um, Jerry Jones saying that you will not be a Dallas Cowboy if if you kneel, all of these type things. So if you're saying all of that was wrong, then your handling of the Colin, uh, of handling of Colin, uh, Colin Kaepernick in general has to be wrong. So the criticism of that can't be wrong. He, I mean, it's, it's warranted. It's got to be warranted. Yeah, I, I think he could have at least mentioned him, right? I mean, he, he didn't even mention him in his, his statement or his video. Um, I, I think he could have at least said, you know. Well, you know what, what I, but I, you know what, could he, should he? We can all say possibly, maybe, but I'm sure, again, that was a directive. Do not bring that up. Do not mention that. Uh, because that's a that's a completely different can of worms. But I think that lacks it, transparency, though. Uh, well, 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 well. Hold up, so, but if you it does. But if you're expecting transparency from a group that listen, how you just said this, you are talking about a guy who is the shield for the 32 ownership groups. They don't all necessarily feel that way as a collective. I mean, it's easy to look at Jed York, and you know Jed York doesn't feel that way. He's put his money behind it too many times. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? He's put his face to it. He puts his money to it. Um, I mean, he writes big checks all the time for for the cause. So, you know, he doesn't feel that way. Uh, but you said Roger Goodell is a shield for these guys. He is not going to come out and say, I screwed up the cap. You screwed up the cap situation if they don't want him to. And that is too polarizing. That, that is just far too polarizing for the league when they're trying to get back into football. They're already looking at, you know, billion, you know, you know, multi-billion dollar losses because of COVID-19 and, um, you know, the structure of the way the season is going to be played. They are not trying to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, of course, they're of course, they're going to try to hide behind it. If you don't. If you do not hold them to the fire, if you do not get them in a situation to where they have to answer the questions, and believe me, by all means, they're going to try to avoid those situations. But if they don't have to talk about it, they're not going to talk about it. Because at the end of the day, they've said what they said. Cap's out of the league. He's been out of the league for a long time. It's easy to say, well, he's older and things have moved on. and who's just, So they're going to try all of that. So yes, the, you know I, I know it's not transparent, but um, don't don't get your hopes up for transparency. That's never been there, and I don't expect <laughs> that to be there. This is that's a that's a real thing. So I woke up to some news this morning, Ed. Um, What's that? They said that the the MLS was coming back July eighth. Now, I'm not a big okay. not a big soccer guy. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I normally only get into it during. No during the World Cup, but the fact that, you know, live sports are, are slowly but surely starting to come back is uh-huh. something that I can get excited about. It's also something our, our, our fans at home can get excited about as well. When they partner with betonline.ag. Yeah, the NBA still a little bit ways away, maybe about a, a little over a month or so, but they're making plans to come back as well. Uh, NHL making their plans. MLB may be uh, trying to figure things out. But don't worry because Bet Online still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR, as I told you, is back. You got the eSports with Madden and the NBA 2K simulations, UFC as well. And also, they got the online casino with poker and blackjack. Don't forget, you can catch BetOnline.ag's Great episode of The Final Dance in which they talked to uh, Horace Grant, Ron Harper, Craig Hodges. Those guys talk about what they saw in The Last Dance, and you can check that out. Make sure you go to YouTube and search The Final Dance, search uh, betonline.ag. So plenty of fun to be had. You can check out The Final Dance. You can also uh, make your wagers as well at betonline.ag. Make sure you use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline. Your online wagering solution. You alluded to it, Ed, in terms of Drew Brees. Um, Now, here's the thing with Drew, and this is why I think it's a little bit different than Goodell and the owners. Um, He said what he said, right? 
he got mm-hmm. absolutely obliterated in this social media Skull age. Drug. Yeah, I mean that yep. he just he they he he they gave it to him right. All, mm-hmm. Social social media gave it to him. Even even his teammate Mike Thomas tweeted like and he don't yeah. know no he don't know no better. <laughs> oh no no see that, but that's the, but that's the thing about it. And I think that's why Drew got attacked the way he got attacked. Drew does know better. Yeah, and I thought that was and, pure sarcasm on the point, on, on the part of Michael Thomas too. By the yes. way, but yeah. the 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 consensus. I don't want to say the consensus. I think that may be too strong of a word. But there was an overwhelming thought after Breeze did this 180 uh, of people, fans of his, fans of the NFL. Uh, you know, non-fans of the Saints or what have you, um, saying that they didn't believe him. That, like, they did not believe uh, the contrition uh, in, in which he spoke with uh, that that following day after making those, you know, remarks that he originally made in, in the first interview. Um, how much do you believe him? Uh, well, you know what, this is... See, I, I'm already on the record. I said it before, and I, I did an interview down in... Um, in New Orleans, I was on down there and I told him, I said, um, more so than belief, my question to Drew and I said, people talking to him, when you get an opportunity to sit in front of him, what, and I said, I haven't talked to Drew and I get a chance to talk to him. I was just say that. But if, if you have an opportunity to talk to him, how could you be so strongly convicted that something was emphatically wrong where you would put a definitive never would you agree with it and less than 24 hours that never dissipates and you're all in i get it i see it i understand why you're doing what you're doing uh, uh you i'm i i'm at i got your back how did you change your mind how did you get so smart in less than 24 hours what what epiphany hit you during the night other than um, social media, media whooping your ass. What hits you? So that's what makes it difficult to say that how he, you know, does he believe it? So, I, so it's not a question of me believing Drew. Drew has done so many things personally. He has tried to help, and he has a track record that says he is someone that tries to make the world better for everyone. His track record says that the things that he's done, the month, his, the checks that he's written, uh, the time that he's spent, the houses that he's helped build. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. he has a track record. That's why I was like when everyone was, you know, he's racist. And I was I was like, I don't know if I want to look at it that way. I, what I want the way I want to look at it, like I said, is now let's have this conversation. You were able to switch everything over. And Drew is a perfect person to have this conversation with. You were able to switch. From from that never in less than 24 hours. And now I would like to be one of I would like to stand with you and be one of the leaders that can help this situation for blacks in America. What what why are you now there? Why would you not say that before? Why? And this was his mistake. Why did you hide behind the anthem? Why did you try to do what everyone is doing? Flip the narrative and say that. Everyone who's doing that is wrong. When you know the reason why the guys were doing it, you're too smart for that. You were smart enough to know that it wasn't about the anthem. Why? Because the guy said so, Drew. <laughs> the guys on your team, you know, you you have guys around that were doing it, and you know, you had conversations with them. So you're going to get out in front and say, "I will never agree," because at the time, remember, that was the popular stance. That was the majority, so I'm going to stick to the majority. So um, do I believe Drew um, when he says he puts his face to it and will he stick to that and try and back it up? I do believe that. I do. Do I, But also, do I believe that Drew um, – was, was Drew avoiding the issue? Was he sidestepping – the narrative, the true narrative, and did he know it when he made that comment? Yes, yes. So I mean, he stepped on. He, I mean, he he literally dug the hole, inserted the landmine, and then decided to walk over it. 
Yeah. 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 So I mean, so that's so that's the thing. It's it's, it's I I believe that he now has no choice but to step forward. But I don't think Drew's a bad guy. Drew Drew is not the guy that you that that you have to worry about. Drew Drew is not the guy that you got to look at and say we have to fix this person's mind. We have to change his mindset. We have to do this. Drew Breeze is the guy that has to be willing to have the conversation. As I said, he has to be willing to have the conversation with other guys that look like him. He has to be willing to have the other, have the conversation with the affluent guys that he's with the circles that he's with. And we all know that he, he has to have those conversations. He has to not avoid it. He has to not sidestep it. He has to now could do what he says. I I'm willing to be a part of the change. That's how he changes it. Doesn't have to apologize to me. I've known Drew long enough to know, that, like I said, the things that he's done and, and and what he likes to do and and um, the things he's done behind the scenes to help so many people. He's that, he's helped a lot of people. A, yes, a lot of people. yes, and, yes. And I mean that's 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 who he is. Yeah, he's given so much to that community down there and and their rebuild after Hurricane Katrina. Um, he's beloved down there, and I think that's why those comments hurt so much by by a, a number of people. They were hurt so much. A number of people were hurt so much by those comments. I should say. Yeah, because um, he didn't. He didn't do. He didn't do what needs to be done when it comes to helping. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that those comments are why nothing has ever changed. Is because that voice. The, the love that he has in that region, the, the reach. This is a guy that can go talk to the governor of the state, the mayor of the city. He, he, he has all he can go around here and change things. If the police commissioner, there is no one in New Orleans that Drew can't get to without just simply saying, I want to get to him. You know, he and Sean Payton can get to anybody, anybody in that town. We know that. You can also walk right into the owners. You can go right up to Benson and say, hey, we need to do this and you need to look at this and you need to look at help, trying to help me fund this and, and help this project and, and help this cause. He can do those things. So for him to just try to act like he doesn't realize it's happening, that right there, like, like I say, that right there is where he put his foot in it because he's just been around and had too many conversations with too many black guys right there in the room with him. That come from that come from these places that grew up in those circumstances that have had to deal with it right there in New Orleans for him to act like he, he's oblivious to it. So that that was the that was the disappointing part um, with everything going on. Didn't surprise me. Didn't shock me. It's just disappointing because it it wasn't it's at the time not my issue. Yeah, and that's how it always been. It's not my issue. Yeah, I he he um he he also went after the president too, which I I thought was um very interesting just in in him trying to show just how passionate he was about, you know, the reversal of his stance. Um Did he have a choice? Probably not. I but I I I found it to be I found it to be interesting. I this is the this is the the interesting thing about this whole thing with Breeze because the simple fact that and you mentioned it right like he he does so much and he has contributed so much and he's helped so many people and and, and all these things and 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 those in you know um you know underserved communities and, and and things of that nature and so um you know just the fact that that he's just so beloved out there uh in New Orleans and he's also done some stuff in in, in San Diego as well so I mean in that mm-hmm. that so so he he does a lot. I I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in the sense that I while I do feel like he absolutely believed what he said in terms of the flag um I don't know that he believed that both could be true. Um I I think he was see, I think he was seeing it from Essentially, with blinders, right? Just just from one lens, right? He, I, I think he's seen it as a little boy with his dad and his grandpa and all the stories and and and, and hanging around them and, and this stuff that's been just ingrained in him since since he was, you know, a little kid. And, and the flag is the flag, and that's what it is. Um, and then 
he also has you know the heart and the compassion of, of realizing what's going on you know with 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 black people around this country but you know maybe it fully did not register like 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 you said like he got he got lambasted you know on social media and and, and i think that may have been just the rude awakening you know that that he needed um in order to be able to see that these things don't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive, right? That that you can do one and it not have to have an effect on the other. I no, think now see, can, can I jump in right now yeah. on this one? See, now see that's that's the benefit of the doubt that I refuse to give him. Drew's too smart for that. Drew Drew, there there's no way that I'm going to sit here and, and give him the benefit of the doubt and and say that you couldn't see that they could be mutually exclusive that you well, well how, I, I, how, I, how else would it make sense considering considering his track you, record and, and and all these things i can tell you how it makes sense it doesn't affect me this is a this is an uncomfortable conversation to have uh so i have been soft tossed a narrative that allows me to sidestep it it's worked for years now for everyone who's thrown that flag out has been able to sidestep this and be okay. If I so you think that's what that's what Drew he was trying to avoid the uncomfortable. Yes, he was trying to avoid the uncomfortable. This conversation is not about me, and that's how most white guys have seen it. it the ones in the position of Drew, the ones in the locker room, the ones that you talk to, the ones that you work with, the guys that were on my teams. Uh, that's I was, this doesn't affect me like that. And it's not that I don't care. It's a very uncomfortable conversation to have. You and I have been doing interviews. We've done things. And, you know, I mentioned this to you, I think, last week when we were doing the show. I mentioned this to you where I said, um, how many times have you had to say uh, in the middle of describing something or talking about, you know, you're giving this narrative. You are answering a question where you have to say, I have to be careful, careful how I word this. Yeah, you you know that's something as a black man that you constantly have to do. Constantly. I have to be careful how I word this because you will be taken as the angry black man. Drew, it was in a situation where he's like, I now let's flip this to Drew. I have to be careful how I word this because I know where I am. I know who I deal with in corporate America. I know who my sponsors are. I know I'm not sure how the Wranglers of the world as a corporation stand on this. I do know. That whenever they didn't say they didn't have a problem. No, they've never said anything about taking a knee and and guys are wrong for it and cap coming out. They haven't they haven't put out anything saying that the league is wrong for doing that. You, you see what I'm saying? It's like he's the when he starts to talk about this, when these gentlemen start to talk, it's like I got to be careful because this could affect me and my bottom line. This could affect my fan base. This could affect how I'm viewed, and I don't really know how this is going to play out. So since I don't know how it's going to play out, the easiest thing for me to do is play dumb. Stick to the script. Stick to the narrative. That narrative has worked since day one, since Cap took a knee four years ago. Everyone who has taken that, yeah, you may take a hit. You might have some people get upset at you, but everybody survived it. That's what I think Drew was doing. It was an uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversation that he really doesn't have a lot, a lot of facts in. And how do I say it? And who do I talk to? And how is it going to affect me? And and what is it going to cost me? So you think about it. He's looking. I'm on. I'm on the other side of this. I saw. I saw what that cost cap. Think about it. Now, now this isn't even my fight. And it, I saw what it cost another quarterback in his league. How much could it cost me? So yes, I do. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I don't. I'm not going to give him a pass on. Yeah, he that, that, that's interesting. He but that, that's to that's to say that he viewed him. That's to say he viewed him and Cap as peers. No, that's to say. No, that's to say he. That's to say his view of the situation. It's not well. Number one, he's going to view he and Cap as peers because they're both quarterbacks and they're both and, and what happened. He's I'm talking. He's his peer peer group football players. So I see how football players that take this stance or that speak out on this how they have been dealt with with the league by the league by 
sponsors, by every, I've seen how this has happened. You had guys that were losing sponsors because they took knees. I see how this happened. Now, I also see that if I make it about the flag, let's not make it about anything but the flag, everyone's going to say, yay, you're, you're it. God bless America. That a boy. And it dies down. So that's, that's all I'm saying. I don't know that I've ne- never necessarily thought of it in that way, but I, I think that, that obviously you bring up very, very valid points there. Um, I... To me, it's just because there could be some. I mean, he does all the philanthropy, right? Like, like mm-hmm. isn't isn't there a a sense of uncomfortable in that as well? No, 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 no. You don't think so? Um, um, um like the, at the at the level in which he at the level in which he has done it, helping helping people, help helping people, giving people money. And helping people with money is far different than viewing them as equals and um, expecting and wanting them to have everything that you have. True, so, true. But at the level so, that he's done it, so, well, you no, don't so, see no, a sort so of investment there. No, so what I'm so what I'm saying, I'm, I'm no, so what I'm just trying to point out is simply because someone donates to a cause and gives money doesn't mean that they necessarily see the people that they are helping as equals. So that now, now let me say this: I don't think that's Drew. With Drew, I, I, you, you heard me say this before we got into this. I gave, like I said, I give him the benefit of the doubt because I know Drew helps so much, and I, and I told people like I, ho- I said I don't view him as racist, and I hope others don't. You just have a conversation. I think this is an uncomfortable conversation for him to have. It was definitely an uncomfortable conversation for him to have. Um, and he had a ready-made alibi to avoid the conversation. And all I'm saying is that he knew that I could use this alibi to get out. Why? Because everybody else had used that same alibi to get out of the conversation. Problem is that with everything that happened in the world, you had too many people sitting, watching, reading about that conversation. Everybody saw it. Everybody heard it. Every, everybody like, wait a minute, hold up. Not now. Not with everything that's going on. The world paused. So his, his timing to do that was really bad because everybody, there have been so many other guys in the exact same situation in, in Drew's position, in the league, in other sports and everything, but the entire world hadn't paused to see it. Yeah. So that so that's what I'm saying. So, yes, I, I think that Drew tried to use the ready-made um, scapegoat narrative, and it and it got him because everybody the, the was company, like, wait a minute. The company line, in a sense. The company line got him, and that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, and I, I don't think that Drew was naive to what he was doing. That's that's all I'm saying. Like I said, I, I, you've heard me, and I'll I, and I keep saying it because I, I I mean it. I don't think Drew's a bad guy. Drew is not the enemy. Drew is not a guy that that the world needs to try and fix. Yeah. Drew is Drew is the typical guy in that situation. He he's been comfortable. That's that's that privilege. He's been there. Drew. I don't have to talk about these things. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna do what I can. But I, you know what? I mean, I'm not. I don't. Not my job to change the world. No, it's not your job to change your world. It's your job to change the people that you can influence. He just happens to be able to influence a lot more people than most. Yeah, and he chose to sidestep it. I hear, I hear you. That's and that, that's why we have these these conversations. Um, let's get into Manscape. Obviously, you're you're doing some big things with them over there in Manscape, Ed. And oh uh, well, uh, you know what? Yeah, you yeah, got you something for I, the people. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm going to tell the people right now, and, and it's funny that you you know you mentioned that and it is perfect timing because i do have a, a pubic service announcement and it's brought to you by by my new sponsor notice i said my new sponsor yeah yours manscape manscape.com and manscape i want to thank you because i'm doing this pod and i'm outside right now and if not for the fact that i had taken the time to use that lawnmower 3.0 which that had i mean it's got the perfect light perfect angle safeguard don't have to worry about any nicks anything if i had not used that to um 
to um, do some some delicate work, um, I would probably be a, a big ball of sweat right now. But it's warm out here. We know record heat in L.A. Everything is taken care of because of the precision tools that you get from Manscaped. I mean, millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped, their advanced skin-safe technology. Trust me, I use it. You probably do, and if you don't, as hot as it is, you should be, Rashawn. Yeah, they they they, they sent me over a kit too, and uh, it, it's it, it's glorious. I, sh- I that, should that, say that's that's all that needs to be said. So uh, you can get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Eric at Manscaped.com. That is twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com, and use the code E R I C, and. Trust me, as always, your balls will thank you. Pro Football Focus put mm-hmm. out their top 50 players entering the 2020 season, and there were uh, three Niners on there. Uh, we'll give them to you. Number five was George Kittle. Okay. Number 14, Richard Sherman. Okay. And number 41 was Nick, don't call me Joey, Bosa. Okay. Um, and so – they had the the NFC West was full of uh was full of players on this list. Yeah, led by Aaron Donald, who who's number one on this list. Uh, yeah, but he's he, pretty but, good. I yeah, guess. but he's the only Ram. There were a couple of Seahawks on there as well, and Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner and Russ Wagner and Russell uh, Russ, yeah. Russell mm-hmm. uh, Russell Wilson. Um, Bobby Wagner is really good. He's he, really really good. He is really really. I mean, as good. good as he, I think he's underrated for as good as he is. He's really good. Yeah, I, 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 I won't, I won't argue with you there. Um, any surprises here with the, with the Niners? Kittle, Sherm, or Bosa? Any, any surprises? There? I think Sherm at fourteen sticks out to me. Are you surprised um, by that? At, at surprised that he's rated that high? No, no. Um, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman is the most valuable person on the 49ers defense. Oh, we're going. Oh, okay. He's 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 uh, he's the most value on the defense. He's the most valuable person on the defense. I'm not not saying the most talented, um, even though he's a, he's immensely talented. But he's the most valuable person on that team, and this is why. Nick Bosa, yeah, Nick Bosa. We know what he does and who he is. But if Nick Bosa's not on the field, um, D four can get it done. You know, or you can run some stunts with the other hundred and seventy two defensive linemen that they have. And um, you can still get pressure. I, I'm just just saying it. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. Uh, you I, you pick any player. I mean, you, you, we saw you took Quan, the, the pulse, the heartbeat. Quan came off the field, and Greenlaw stepped up. Uh, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You you. Uh, I mean, I love you know Fred Warner. He hunts wisely, but you have other guys in the mix that can do what he does. Um, Richard Sherman, regardless of what you think of the things that he does, Richard Sherman, uh, he affects the way quarterbacks have to play. He affects the way play callers call the game. He affects the way, um, offensive coordinators are going to put their game plan in, um, because he is such a special tool in the toolbox, uh, without him, there are things that Solid can't do defensively. There are things that he won't be able to do. There are expectations that you're going to have out of other players that won't be there because teams are going to play you differently. No matter what you think about Sherm um, and where you want to rank him with the other top cornerbacks in the league, he is still a player that um, is going to not only, like I said, make you think a certain way, but he produces. He produces year in and year out. So that's why actually he's the most valuable player on the team. I said the same thing when he was in Seattle. They used to talk about the Legion of Boom and the Legion of Boom. And I was like, guys, they can't do what they do without Richard Sherman. And I was like, I, I know that Cam, Cam and um, Earl are putting fear in everyone's heart. But without Sherman, that defense, that secondary won't play the way it's capable of playing. And I know because I had to play that position. And I know the what you expect and how you how you set things up. And I was like, I played in Pete's defense, and so and I, and I was like, this dude, they they can't do what they do without him. Like he's the most valuable piece of it. Same with the Niners. 
It's not. It's, it's not. The, it's not the same. And you're not. You're not going to get the production out of this defense if you don't have him playing at the level he's been playing at. That to me is the most valuable. That's that's how. That's why I say. So I'm not shocked that Sherm's on. I'm not shocked that Sherm's on the list. I'm not shocked that any of the guys are on the list. But um, I, I'm shocked. And, and now with that. With that being said, um. It's not simply because you're on this list. Cause like I said, I no knock on Bosa and, and Kittle. What did you say? Kittle was five? Kittle was five. And according to yeah. PFF, he's a top five player in the league. And I can believe that, but he's not the most valuable player on the 49ers offense. Okay, let's 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 talk about this. Um, you say he's not the, mo- the most valuable player on the 49ers offense. Uh, PFF has him as a top five player in the the NFL heading to, heading into the 2020 season. Um, he's in a contract year. He's going to become a free agent in 2021. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, the the reports have started. I mean, they've they've been going since I don't know, maybe January, March. Really, things are starting started to kind of pick up, and just in terms of like market value for George Kittle. Uh, there's even a report out there saying that he could be a 20 million dollar a year tight end. Um, maybe we we talked we talked about this just in terms of John, how John Lynch is going to have to do some finagling, right? We saw him be able to do that with Defoe, um, and, and be able to 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 trade him to Indy to be able to get you know get a fir- another first round pick back. Um, I don't envision that happening, obviously, uh, with with George Kittle. Um, he he's a guy that they're going to have to pay, and that's going to you know affect some things as, as far as the salary goes. But in terms of him being a top five player, and you saying he, he not being the most valuable person on the offense, who would you say is the most valuable person on the offense? That's easy, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's easy. I, I don't I don't even know why. And I, and people were going back and forth with me on Instagram about this because I commented. Daniel Jeremiah made a comment. Um, and, 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 um, about Kittle being a $20 million player and, and probably, but, but he, that he was the uh, most valuable player on the team. And I was, and I just said, DJ, I love you to death. I, I commented on it. I said, DJ, I love you to death. I said, but Kittle's not the most valuable player on the 49ers offense. When they, when they, you know, he's the most valuable player on the team. I was like, he's not the most valuable player on the offense. The most valuable player on defense is Sherm. Most valuable player on offense um, is is Jimmy. Jimmy Polo, Jimmy Polo changed the fate of the Niners. Not Kittle. Kittle was a good player. God, and, and he's getting better and better and better. Do you pay him now? Um, and they're saying, you know, he's saying I want wide receiver money. Well, he's not a wide receiver. He's a tight end. That's that's just the way it is. You're tight end. You're not a wide receiver. Um, now the going rate is going to be we, when we were discussing Defoe and Armstead. The going rate for a player is going to be a million a game. You're going to have a 17 game season here shortly, so you're starting at 17 million. Now there's added value. I've always said that there's added value to players because of what they bring to a team. Work ethic, um, the way they teach other guys, the way they bring other guys along, the certain energy that they bring. Yes, he's one of those guys. So now that takes you above that 17 a year because there is value in the other aspects that you bring to the locker room and to the huddle. So we go with that. But anybody, I'm, I'm willing to prove it to anybody because the question is that Jimmy is just a system guy and he's average. I had someone tell me Trubisky could run this offense and they would be in the Super Bowl and it would all be the same. And I was like, come on, man. You got to stop drinking the Kool-Aid. The hate is real. No, no system is that good. No system is that good because if, if if systems were so good that you didn't need talent to actually execute them, no team would lose. Because everyone, there, so, there are so many teams running the exact same system. You you just you just wouldn't lose if that were the case. You would be able to find a way, to, a way to always have winning winning teams. But it's not that simple. You have to have players that can actually execute. Jimmy Garoppolo can execute. without with. We'll make it really simple. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays two if, – if, um, if Kittle plays two games next year, let's say if Kittle plays two games next year, 
do the Niners have a chance of making the playoffs? Yes. Do you have a strong feeling? Because we always know there's a chance. I'm just saying, do you strongly believe they make the playoffs? Just a yes or no. Do yeah. they make the playoffs? Yeah. Yes. If Jim Garoppolo plays two games, do the Niners make the playoffs? Uh, no, it may be a four-win season. There we go. Talent versus value is a completely different different argument. Um, Kittle is number five in the league based off of talent not off of value. He's not the most valuable player to the 49ers. They can play without him. They can they can play. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play without Kittle. And he was okay. I've seen Kittle play without Jimmy Garoppolo at the quarterback position and how many games were they winning before he got there? Yeah, I mean it it it, it wasn't good. Um It wasn't good at all. It wasn't good at all. So that's that's my point. That's my point. How about this? DJ says twenty million dollars a year for a tight end. Now that's practically double what the highest paid tight ends are going to make in twenty twenty. Um, Austin Hooper just signed as a free agent with the Browns this off season, right? He's mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. he signed four years, forty two million. So that's about ten point five per. Um, Hunter Henry on the franchise tag is going to make 10.6 uh, in 2020, which, which will make him the highest paid tight end uh, in the league in 2020. So you're, you're talking about double that um, if if you're the Niners, uh, according to what DJ is saying here. Do, does that give you does that give you any pause? Uh, well, listen, like I said before, the going rate's going to be a million a game. So that's what you're going to look at. And if you if you go into it with that mindset at a million a game, then that's already going to nearly double double the um, the going rate. Um, so that's what every starter is is going as this calorie salary cap grows with this new deal. Um, that's what every starter is going to be close to, um, especially in every legit starter. You get an all pro start on. There's no way you're going to get it below that. So I, and I think that they are looking at the numbers that way. Um, now, taking it into the 20s, that's going to be a difficult thing because regardless of what he thinks, uh, you're going, you're still going to be hamstrung by by the market. You, you know, you can have you can have the white elephant house in the neighborhood, but still, your value is connected to your neighbors. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you build, how how big and pretty you build it. If if your street only has, you know, hundred thousand dollar houses and you build this twenty million dollar house, your value is never going to be there. Because because you are going to always be related to the people in your neighborhood, he's always going to be related to the people in his neighborhood, regardless. He's a tight end. Now, your value to your team, your worth. He's the number one receiver. Now, does that continue? Does that hold on? Does Debo pick up? Does B.A. Does B.A. actually become that number one? See, all of these things start to affect your overall value. Doesn't change your talent level. It does change your overall value to the club. So, and like I said, you're going to get paid based off of your performance, and we all know that he's, he's a baller. That's not a question. But the people that you are connected to, the tight end position, as you just said, the last guy to sign, you're always going to go more than the next, the last guy when you're the next guy. But the last guy to sign, you just said, what, 10 a year? Yeah. It's going to uh, be. Hooper got 10, 10 and a half. That's a tough argument. That's a tough argument because the thing about it is that you can sit here and say, I want to get traded. I want out. I want this. Who, who else is going to pay you? See, see no, nobody's paying that. It's different. It's different if you if you were Armstead or you're default and you're like, wait a minute, because there are guys that are making that at your position. It's different if you're a wide receiver. You're a wide receiver. You can say, hey, I, I, hey, man, I, I want what Julio Jones is getting. When you're a quarterback, when you're Dak Prescott, you're like, wait a minute, I, I, I don't need to sign that deal because there are too many people that are paying quarterbacks. What I'm asking now. Who nobody nobody pays tight ends twenty million dollars. So there is no market. You can try and set that market. There is no market. 
And I can't get mad at the Niners if the Niners decide to say, I'm not paying you $20 million. We'll give you 15. We'll give you 16. We'll give you 17. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, more more on this in a sec, but first this from our sponsors. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Okay, Ed. So if yeah. if twenty if twenty million is the magic number for George Kittle, you just said it. You can't. You won't be mad at the Niners for not trying to set the market at that level. Well, well, they're gonna well they're gonna set the market. It's just a question. But of at, at what that level. at that level though, yeah. And, because- and I I got to tell you, like I I agree with you. Yeah. As much as I love George Kittle. And as, as as much versatility as he brings and how he can impact the game without even catching a ball, even though he's, you know, the, the number one, you know, wide receiver on this team, 20 million a, do- 20 million a year, um, that, that will hurt you significantly as far as salary cap goes because now you're, you're going to have to some, – somebody, some, some, somebody else is going to get robbed. Some other position group, well, some other – you know? um, yeah, you're gonna lose. You're gonna now when you start looking at it that way, who are you willing to give up, and then also who are you willing to pay? Because let's just and say and on do. top of that, you basically have to put together a whole new secondary next year. Pretty much that um, entire secondary is up. Well, you'll have an opportunity to draft young guys. You got some young guys there. I mean, you still have Spoon. You'll have um, E-Man. You're gonna you go into the draft. You just signed uh, Ward. Um, um, you know, and I still think you can shift Sherm around. I, I really hope Sherm moves to safety. I really hope he wants to do that. Um, but this is the thing: if you pay, so think about it this way. Everyone is like you, and I've Jim. We gotta have you gotta have um, Kittle. We got hey, I like Kittle Love a him. lot. Love him, love him. But if you pay Kittle twenty million plus, if you give him that. Let's just say that Trent Williams <laughs> yeah, is I was, I was the same old Trent Williams. That. I was just about to say that. Don't forget How Trent much, Williams. You are not going to you are not going to be able to get Trent Williams for less than Jimmy for less than Kittle. Mm-mm. There is no way. Not gonna happen. There is no way that you're going to get an All Pro tackle for less than Kittle. Not gonna it's happen. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Think about Grunk. Grunk was the best considered the best tight end in the league. At one point, he was considered the best tight end in the league. He wasn't paid more than his lineman. Yeah, that that that, that is that is a real thing. That, yes, that's that's a real thing. And then this is the other thing that you got to think about. That everyone really needs to take some time, really think about it when you talk about Kittle MVP and all these things. What tight end? What tight end has truly, truly been that transformative difference that brought you? Multiple championships. Because everyone, everyone always thinks about Grunk, but Tom won most of his trophies with Grunk, not on the field. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's look, the best tight ends: Antonio Gates. How many championships? Yeah. Um, Tony, Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez. How yeah. many championships? Jason Witten. How many championships? When you want to start talking about like Shannon Sharps, where they different maker, but Shannon, he, you know, it, it's that. It, it, it's that that pseudo thing, so that's what I'm saying. It's it's rare. Now, could could Kittle be this guy? Could Kittle be that guy that where you're like he's that transformative guy that brings in multiples? Yeah, he could be. He could be that Shannon Sharp because their games are very similar. He could be that guy, but Shannon was never the highest paid guy out there in that office of huddle because it's just it's the nature of the position. That position does not take you over the top. That's why I started this by saying, if, if do you think they are still a championship contender? They can win their division. They can get into the playoffs without Kittle. The answer is yes. Yes. And if that's the case, if I can still win without you, 
I, I can't blow up my team to keep you. He, I, I mean, that's just that's just the bottom line. No matter how much we love him, and Preach. you got to think about it that way. Preach. You can't just, you can't just sit here and say we got to keep this guy and, and we have to have him. And and someone asked me that too. They were like, "Do you think Kittle will be a, be a Niner forever?" And I was like, "Um, not if he not if he's playing like the way he's playing, and and he wants that money. If he's demanding that type money, when his guy his agent is saying we're setting the market now, if that's just you know." If 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 that right there is just all all smoke, I mean, if he's just blowing smoke right there, that's one thing. But if he's truly set on saying I am changing the market and I'm going to take this position into the twenty plus a year, of twenty plus mil plus a year, he won't be with the Niners forever because they won't be able to afford him. Yeah. Because you're you're going to see you're going to be in a position where you're trying to win a championship and you're going to look at that money and that position and you're going to say they're so much more we can get with that money that can actually make a difference. And yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. He's a difference maker, but we, but we are in agreement. And I think a lot of people listening to us, you have to be in agreement with us when we say they can win without Kittle. Might not be as fun, <laughs> you know, it won't, but yeah, it certainly won't be as fun. Yeah, they can do it because, okay. Cause think about man, if you pay Kittle, you pay Kittle. Let's say you get. Let's say he gets what he wants. And Kittle wants. He gets twenty-one million a year. Mm. He gets twenty million a year. Okay, Trent Williams. How much is he going to get? How much Trent's going to ask for? He's going to ask for more than that, or or you're going to have to downgrade that position. Okay. Now, also, then your quarterback. Forget your quarterback. Let's let's hey let's go win a championship. How much is Jimmy going to be worth if they win a championship? Call him a system guy or what? How much is he going to be worth? Yes. How much is he going to ask for? And remember, you're you're about to start. You're about to get a forty million dollar quarterback. So his neighborhood and what he can compare himself to is going to be a whole lot more. And when he's distancing himself from the other positions, which he will be able to do, how much is that going to cost you? All of these things are related. And it's not about just keeping keeping your favorite player because he's your favorite player. It's not. I mean, think it's, about it, it. Would you rather have your favorite player or would you rather have a winning team? It's, it's that simple. <laughs> no, and it's not even about and it's not even about a winning team. It's about a championship. A championship. So, yeah. So that's what we're talking about. It's not about it's 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 a championship team, and that's the thing. So. And so going back to all the, the the rating, that's how we got into this. Yes, he is a top five player. Um, he is he is arguably the best tight end. There's no way you have that conversation without discussing without discussing um, George Kittle. But I can easily have a, a discussion about most valuable players in the league and he not be involved in it mm-hmm. easily. Easily, as like I said, even even on the Niners team, I can have a, I can have a discussion about most valuable players on the team, and he not be involved in it. Yeah, um, Nick Bosa also cracked the uh, top fifty, coming in at forty one. Also, another note from PFF: the trio of Bosa, Armstead, and Ford is the best pass rushing trio in the entire NFL. Oh, well, so, we knew that. Yeah, so um, yeah, we knew that, but they actually put some 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 numbers and 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 theories uh, yeah. and sequences and you know a lot of math, a lot of math. Yeah, into that's why I, and I, all you had to do was watch the tape. I we were saying that all season long. I'm like, when D Ford is on the field, he's a difference maker. There, he's a difference maker. That's why I was like, he is a difference maker. I mean, it's 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 incredible how how that pass rush changes with him on the field. So a healthy D Ford. Oh, that's what people. I, mean, I know everybody cried. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna miss him too. But default, well, um, yeah, he's gone. But that front's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that, the front's gonna be okay. And, and we went through it a couple weeks ago. I mean, we listed eight, and 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 I, I'd put that eight up against anybody's. Um, you know, right now here today. And so once again, the D line uh, should definitely be the strength. Um. Jimmy Garoppolo making uh making some strides. Uh, Kyle Shanahan very complimentary of him and the offseason that he's putting together so far. And 
Uh, one thing that Kyle said is is it's great because um, he that he can just work. He doesn't have to have the the, the ACL on, on the back of his mind. The rehab, yeah, yeah, the rehab and all that. Like he could just work. And there was some video of him and Bourne and a couple other guys out at San Jose State uh, getting some work in uh, about a week or so ago. So uh, Shanahan very very complimentary of his star uh, quarterback. Um, that's gonna do it for this one. Uh, we, we we will get back to the draft stuff. I promise you. We got a couple more coaches. You you don't want to miss. We got we talked to some, <laughs> we talked to some really really good entertaining uh coaches. Um, yeah. so we still have those in the back. We're gonna get those out for you uh in the coming weeks. But um had to had to talk about this Kittle stuff and and uh some of the changes around the NFL uh you know as well this week with with good with Goodell and and Breeze um and, and their comments. Um, and how how that relates uh, the the league uh, entering 2020. Um, and so as you mentioned it, Ed. I mean, Jed York's a guy who's he he's always been front and center and and put it not only put his money to it but put his face to it as well. And, and he's a guy who supports it. And so uh, it'd be interesting to see you know you know what the Niners decide to, to to do collectively as a team. Obviously, you know Richard Sherman is there and he's outspoken and and, and he's. Uh, he's going to have a lot of things to say. He's certainly going to be leading uh, the charge and whatever efforts uh, that they they decide to make, um, you know, in that locker room as as players. Um, yeah, so uh, I, we'll, we'll see y'all next week. Uh, we'll get back into the to, we'll get back into the draft stuff next week um, and, and kind of start to put a bow on that. Um, but in the meantime, uh, you got any questions for us? Any stories you want ED to tell, make sure you hit us up on, on the old Twitter. I'm at R Haylock. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, at Watch Ray Ray. And he's at underscore Bump and Run. Um, it's been a fun one. So, for my partner, Eric Davis, Super Bowl champion, Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. We will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.